Hey, you may be seated, and it is so good to have people in the sanctuary this morning. And if you're sitting there and my phone may start blowing up, hey, Pastor Dave, you didn't invite me. No, I invited our seniors. It's senior day, and it's so good to have you guys uh, here with us this morning. And of course, we have our most famous Walmart greeter with us in the house too, Dennis. He just couldn't, he couldn't stand not being here, so he's with us as well. In a couple of weeks, I think we may have a lot more people here, so stay tuned. Will you pray with me this morning? God, please prepare us to receive your truth this morning. We'll put our mind and our hearts to your truth, God. God, I'm asking, please move. Please convict. Please transform, and then please send us out there to be walking testimonies of who you are. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and ask, amen. Oh, they left me hanging. AJ, can you help me and just bring that whole, uh, that, yeah, bring, bring that table over, over for me. I, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, Ashley left me hanging, but that's okay. Have you, I'm going to begin with this question. This is for you seniors and everyone else that's listening out there. Have you ever taken a stand for something that you, that you believe in? And when we take a stand, it's usually because we're facing some kind of opposition. And so we have to muster the courage uh, to take a stand against that opposition. Now, there is some mundane stand taking. Like, for example, when I'm trying to lose weight, I, 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 need, to, I need to take a stand against certain things, like uh, the French toast at Wildwood Cafe. Anybody ever eat the French toast at Wildwood Cafe? Yeah, and, and Mac Daddy Donuts. And I, and I tried to go there this morning. I tried to go to Mac Daddy, but Mac Daddy was not open. So I got some Roth Donuts for our seniors and I have four orders, because this is A.J. Zock's birthday, I have four orders of two pieces of French toast each from Wildwood Cafe. And I have to admit that I gave in this morning, and I had a piece while I was waiting. So A.J., come on up here, grab this, and then, you know, you, you determine, you take one of them for you, and then you determine who your best friends are and give them the other three. And then what I'd like is somebody else to come up and grab these donuts from Roth. I tried, I tried Mac Daddy, just... I know, yeah, just take one with a clean hand and pass them around, right, as we go. So, yeah, so, so there's some of those mundane type of things. And, and in all seriousness, when I go into Mac Daddy Donuts, I feel like I have to say, Satan, get behind me, Dave, right? You only need one of those donuts, not six. But then there's those other things in life uh, that we need to take stands on that aren't so mundane, it seems, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like our world is polluted with these images that are not Christ-like. And it's so it seems like on a daily basis that, that I need to take a stand for purity and for holy living. I can't let that garbage come into my mind and my heart, and I have to feed my mind and my heart with God's word. Hence this 15-minute, 31-day Proverbs challenge that we're on, and I hope that you will join me. Today is day 14, tomorrow day 15, and, and, and each day corresponds with a chapter in Proverbs. So, so join with me in that. I, I have to take a stand, and I, and I hope that you will take a stand with me against anything that would hinder my relationship with God. We all have weaknesses. We all have temptations, and we're all going to face a moment in time and probably a number of moments in time where the evil one is trying to prevent us from being where God wants us to be. So the only way we can live a God-honoring life is if we're willing, if we're willing to take a stand. 
Not just once, but multiple times as we walk this path of life. And then there are those radical stand-taking moments where we may put ourselves in harm's way. That doesn't happen a lot in our country. But some of our brothers and sisters in Christ in other countries where it is illegal to be Christian, they take that stand almost on a daily basis. Here, it doesn't happen often. But it's happened recently. Hmm. Yes, I'm going I'm to go there this morning and talk a little bit about the unfortunate death, the unjust death of George Floyd. Now, as I sat and I, and I watched the news and then I saw on social media, I mean, it, it, we all were taking, most of us, I think most of us were taking stands against injustice. That's the easy thing to do. That's wrong. That's unjust. That's not, that's not a godly behavior to have someone die like that. And so all my, a lot of my pastor colleagues and some of my colleagues that teach at Christian universities, they're posting all this stuff against racism, against, yeah, that's the easy to post about it. The hard is to take a stand and actually live it. The hard part is the next thing when we saw the riots happen on one night, where was the Christian community the next night taking a stand against that violence? Where was the Christian community on social media speaking against that violence? Can't have it both ways if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. I want peace everywhere. I want justice everywhere. Why? Because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and that dictates how I live. Are you with me this morning? So because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and that dictates how I live, I, black lives do matter to me. Why? Because God's created everybody. We're all creations of God. Every life matters to me. And so I know that I, do, I will never understand everything. I know I understand that I don't understand. And I don't mind if some of my God creations, my brothers and sisters who have been created by God, want to speak and have their voice heard. Don't forget about us. We matter too. Yes, you do. You are a God creation. And so I can rally and I can say yes to celebrating life. Where were we the next night after, after the looting and the violence? That would mean putting ourselves in harm's way. I watched here at, at, at McMinnville, are, are we going to have any riots on, on 3rd Street? And if we would have, believe me, you would have gotten an email to join me the next night to have a peace prayer walk down 3rd Street because we would have stopped that nonsense. And as I watched these cities burn, I was asking, where are the Christians? Let me tell you about one church, a Nazarene church in Seattle, downtown Seattle. You know what they did? Not this Saturday, but the Saturday before when everything was hot and going crazy. Oh, they rallied about 3,000 people for four hours. They walked from one place to the next in Seattle. And guess what? There were no riots on that thoroughfare. That's putting yourself in harm's way to stand for peace, to stand for justice. I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and that dictates how I live. Are you with me this morning? 
So I don't need to say like some of my colleagues and stuff. I want to use my privilege to help people. No, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and that dictates how I live. Are you guys with me? I've been challenged to say, Dave, admit you're a racist. What? Maybe before I was a follower of Jesus Christ. But I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and that dictates how I live. And I will stand on that. I defame the name of Jesus Christ, if I say Jesus Christ hasn't changed me, I look at everybody as a beautiful creation of God, and that dictates how I live. Are you guys with me this morning? That's stand-taking. Are you guys willing to take a stand? What say you, seniors? What say you, seniors? Are you willing to take a stand for Jesus Christ in every way and every day, no matter what that may mean? What say you? Peter, oh, I like, I'm glad I got. Brooks in the house. Yeah. Peter and John, they took some stand-taking against some religious nonsense. And that's sometimes how I feel. I don't want your religion. I just want Jesus Christ, right? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And that dictates how I live, not your man-made rules or your guilty feelings, Don't put that on me. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and that dictates how I live. And I think Peter and John felt the same way. They were facing opposition. And we read about this in Acts chapters 3 and Acts chapter 4. And let me give you some background for that. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they're walking the street, and they see this man. This man's been lame for 40, since birth, 40 years. And he asks Peter, he says, hey, do you have any money for me? And Peter looks at him and goes, look at me. Like to say, like, I don't have any money, but what I do have is this. Why don't you stand up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ? And the guy actually gets up and starts walking. And people start saying, well, what's up with that? And then Peter launches in to this message, and he explains who Jesus is and the fact that the, the Jews had crucified him. And he says, repent and follow, right? Yeah, well, that makes the religious elite a little bit angry. Those religious people, they want to hold on to their power, and so they have Peter and John arrested, thrown into jail. They put them on trial. And, and, in, and, in, and in, the, in the courtroom, uh, I guess the judge is like, hey, we, we have no really reason to hold these guys. And so they get ready to release them. And the religious leaders come and they threaten, they threaten Peter and John again. And this is what we're told in Acts chapter 4, beginning of verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him that is God? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. These religious leaders told Peter and John to stop teaching in the name of Jesus Christ. In essence, they told them to stop playing their role in God's story. Don't live out your God purpose. Don't live out your unique God-given calling. My friends, in life, there's going to be various people who try to prevent us, the evil one's going to use to try to prevent us from standing firm in our faith in Jesus Christ. They could be family members. They could be, they could be friends. They could be colleagues. They could be classmates. could be coworkers. And the evil one may, may, may try to use them to get us to go down a bad path because the evil one wants to get us to go down a path so we can't stand firm in our faith in Jesus Christ. And so, and so this is what may happen. I mean, seniors, I'm just going to be straight with you. you. I mean, you've already been introduced, but you're going to be introduced more 
to a couple of these people when you go to college. And, and, and the way it's going to work is, is they're going to look at you. Some of these people say, oh, oh, you're finally out of your mommy and daddy's house, huh? Uh, you're not afraid, are you? Come on, have some fun, relax, let your hair down, chill. It's what it means to be an adult. Let me introduce you to my friends, and you may, you may come to know them well. My friend Jim, or my, my friend Jack, or I just call this the Russian, the Russian. It's either Jim, Jack, or the Russian. They're going to introduce you to them, and they're going to ask you to invite them into your life and to live life with them. They may also do this. I mean, come on, you want to you perform well, right? You want to get good grades, right? Good grades dictate what happens in life, right? You want, you, you want to learn your trade well if you're a welder or a mechanic. And sometimes those things, man, they can get a little, but you know what I got? Oh, I got, I got Mr. Greeny here. See, Mr. Greeny helps you focus. Come on, join in, right? You're not a little baby, are you, anymore? This is adult things. We need some... You want to relax? I got one more thing for you. Oh, yeah, it's my homemade one. It's my homemade little doobie. You ever hear a doobie? Doobie? Do you hear a doobie? Do they call it joy? I don't even know what they call it now, but back in my day, they called it a doobie. Doobie, doobie, doo, right? Ooh. Yeah. Just come on, relax with me. Come on. Oh, and then, of course, of course, come on. It, alcohol, pills, marijuana. They all go hand in hand with a little kissy-kissy, right? Come on. If you love me, you give me a little, you give me a little bit more than a kissy-kissy. Right? Come on, you're mature now. So let's... It's going to happen. It's going to happen, right, folks? No ends, ifs, or buts about it. And then the evil one may also try to use tragedy to try to get us to stop standing firm in our faith. A friend dies. A friend ODs. Or maybe we lose a son or a daughter way too early. And no parent should ever see their son or daughter die. Or maybe it's a spouse. Or maybe it's a job loss. And you feel, I don't, I don't, know, where, I don't know where to go from here. The evil one's going to try to use anything possible to get you to back down. To stand down. That's what the evil one does. The evil one will use people situations to try to get you to, to, to back down off this stand that you're taking instead of standing up for Jesus Christ. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul tells us this at the end in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. He says, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Paul wouldn't use this verbiage if we weren't going to face opposition I mean, the evil one, again, will use anything, anything to get us to back down in a certain situation instead of stand up for justice, for peace, for goodness, for joy, for gentleness. Oh, the evil one wants to wreak havoc with us. And so Paul tells us this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, to make this point clear. Finally, be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. Put on the full armor of God, my friends. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The evil one's going to try to play with you so many different ways. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against another person. The evil one may just be using that person to get at us. 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, Peter and John faced major opposition. Man, they were arrested. They were put in jail. They were beaten at times, but they remained firm. They they stood firm in their faith. Why? I have to ask the question, why? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. There's three truths, three reasons that that really stick out in this passage that we're going to look at on why they were able to stand firm. And then I want you to hear the results of stand-taking for Jesus Christ. Again, in Acts chapter 4, they faced opposition. And as we'll see, I want to talk about the first two reasons. The first two reasons, the first two truths for why they were able to stand firm are these. Jesus must be our our cornerstone. You may not know what that word means, cornerstone, but it's really a foundation. Foundation for our living. Peter and John, they were standing on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. That that dictated how they lived. They they listened to Jesus' teaching. They embraced his way. And they were letting Jesus guide them in every step of the way. And then the second thing for them is that the Holy Spirit was their power source. And and Pastor Jenna talked a lot about this last week, if you got to listen to the message of how the Holy Spirit moves us forward. So in particular, we're told this in Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. Watch how this works. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you guys to know that, that, that when we start to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills us, so the Holy Spirit guides us, empowers us as we, as we walk through life and dealing with different situations, as we walk through the maze of life. And so here the Holy Spirit filling Peter, giving Peter actually the words to say, listen to what Peter said to them, rulers and elders of the people. And this is after he healed this lame man. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, Shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Jesus had become Peter's cornerstone. Peter's entire life was centered on, built on, the way of Jesus Christ. Now, it wasn't always like that for Peter. Pastor Jenna talked about that last week. If you remember anything about Peter, it was interesting, his interaction. He always thought he knew what was best. And so when Jesus told him that he, Jesus was going to have to die and then, and then rise again three days later, Peter takes Jesus aside. No way has that happened to you. That's not happening. And Jesus looks at Peter and says this, get behind me, Satan. So he asks, calls, yeah, actually calls Peter Satan. And then later, Peter denies Jesus three different times. But Jesus keeps inviting Peter to keep walking with him. Jesus gives Peter that that fresh start, that second chance, that new life, that new meaning, that new purpose. And now Peter can't stop telling people about this Jesus Christ who's changed everything in him. And and Peter wants everybody in his sphere of influence, everyone he can talk to, he wants everyone to embrace this Jesus Christ who will give you hope and life that lasts forever. When Jesus is our cornerstone, when Jesus is our foundation, when, when the Holy Spirit is within us and empowering us, 
nothing that comes our way, nothing that comes our way will ever be able to get us to back down unless we let it, unless we don't call on the power of the Holy Spirit, help me in this situation, help me say no to Jimmy, help me say no to Jack, help me say no to the Russian, help me to say no to this pressure I feel to perform and I need to take a drug to help me, help me, help me to rest in your worship music instead of smoking this doobie. Oh, God, please help me not to give in to this pressure. I feel rejection, and I got this guy that's telling me if I really love him, come on, sleep with me. Help me to stand firm, Holy Spirit. Please give me that power, and guess what? The Holy Spirit will give you an exit strategy. Are you following me this morning? Do you believe that? Oh, my friends, just like Peter and John, whose foundation was built on Jesus Christ and who were empowered by the Holy Spirit, the same can be said for you if you make Jesus your foundation and if you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you're gonna be able to stand firm no matter what comes your way. Do you believe that this morning? I do. And just like Peter and John, when we're facing this opposition, we must simply just trust and obey Jesus in the midst of it, in the midst of that opposition. The fact of the matter is, is, Facing opposition is just a fact of life. It's not a question of with, if, it's a question of when. When is it gonna happen? And there are gonna be various times as we walk this path of life when we're gonna face opposition, when we're gonna have that choice to follow the way of Jesus or follow something else. Again, let me reread to you Acts chapter four, verse 18, when, when Peter and John were confronted by these religious leaders when they were imprisoned and they were in jail and then they're getting ready to be let out, they again warned them and threatened them. Verse 18, then, then they, that is the religious leaders, called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. So they had a choice. Are they going to back down now? And run away? And to stop? Verse 19, but Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you and your nonsense? I added that in. Okay. I think that's what they were feeling. Or to him, you be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. This came down to whether or not G P Peter and John would trust and obey Jesus or give in to their fear, give in to their logic, or give in to their doubts. The fear is, is if they keep speaking, they may get tossed in, they may get beaten. Common sense tells them at this point in time, I know I'd be going through my mind, well, you know what? There's another day. I think I can be quiet and I can, I can step back and, 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 and maybe save my skin and, and then I can come back and then I can come back and, and, and share more about Jesus. I just need to diffuse this situation. Just, I just need to step. I just need to step away in, in, this, in this case. I just need to go along with the crowd. I, I don't need to ruffle feathers here. Are you following me? This morning, it seems that a it seems that a major a major part of standing firm and trusting and obeying Jesus is is when it doesn't make sense to us. I'm a logic guy, so logic matters to me. Common sense guy, and sometimes that common sense can cause me to do things that that God is not leading me to do because I, I think I know best. There's this great proverbs. 
that tells us this in chapter three, beginning at verse six. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. That is your own common sense, your own logic. Because there's a times when, when Jesus is asking you to do what seems illogical to the world. In all your ways, this is all we have to do. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I have found one of the one of the main um, challenges to trusting and obeying Jesus in the midst of opposition is when I start to think about the outcome. Will God help me in this situation? Is God really there? Will God come through for me the way I think God should? Am I going to suffer? Well, yes to all three things. But as Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 4, with respect to suffering, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. But if we trust and obey Jesus in the face of opposition, when we're getting chastised or whatever, uh, Peter makes it clear what the outcome will be. Listen to what Peter says here in 2 Peter, verse, beginning of verse 1, in chapter 1, verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's, 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 that's good. That's a good promise. We have received all this by coming to know him. That's why at Church on the Hill, we're all about helping people know God, right? The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises to save us, to free us. To, to redeem us, give us purpose, and then fulfill us by allowing us to play our role in God's story. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patience, and endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and bro- brotherly affection with love for everyone. I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and that dictates how I live. So I am a person of peace. I am a person of acceptance. I am a person of joy. Oh, I will accept you the way God created you to, do, to be, and I am praying that God will do whatever change needs to happen in you so that you can live this godly life. Are you guys following me this morning? I don't see in color anymore. I just see another beautiful creation of God that God has put into my life in some way to help enrich me. Are you guys following me this this morning. And when we live this way, the way of Jesus, how can our world not help but become a better place? You guys want, you're the next generation, you seniors. I assume you want this world to be more peaceful, more loving, more gentle, more kind. Well, that's what Jesus is all about. 
That's why I can't help but invite people to join in all this fun of loving people. Isn't it fun to love people and to be kind and to be gentle and to see them light up when you give them that word? Are you guys with me this morning? He goes on, verse 8. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. I'm no longer a racist like I used to be. Why? Because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ has changed everything, and that dictates how I live. Are you with me? When I was high school, different story. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and now I see everyone as beautiful creations of God, and I want God's best for them. Are you following me this morning? So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. It doesn't mean that we're working for our salvation, but let's bring evidence of it. Let's take that stand against violence against injustice. If we see it happening in our sphere of influence, shut it down, right? Pray it down. Are you following me here? We need Christians to be bolder in their faith. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and that dictates how I live. So if I see a bully beating on somebody, you better believe I'm stepping in. Are you following me this morning? If I see a teacher just her, or a coach just berating somebody, believe me, I'm going to step in to stop that. That's what followers of Jesus Christ do. Are you following me this morning? If you see a homeless person on the street, wherever you may be living, and someone's beating on them or making fun of them, I hope to God you will step in and be the way of Jesus Christ in that situation. Are you guys, are you guys with me this morning? Man, I'm getting pumped up here. I need chill. Do these things and you will never fall away. Why? Because you're going to continuously be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Living for Christ isn't always easy. We will face opposition. But if we continue to trust and obey Jesus, we're going to have this internal peace and joy. We're going to be able to have just peaceful rest at night, and then we'll continue to have this desire to be and do Jesus in every way and every day in every situation. And this is the result when we live that way. This is it. When we stand for Jesus, Jesus shines through us. Listen to what happens when Peter and John stands firm here. Acts chapter four, verse four. We're told this, but many who heard the message it is after they healed this guy and they tell, they tell him about Jesus. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Because they stood firm, people embraced Jesus. And because they continued to stand firm, and I'm wondering, you know, after they got thrown in prison and, and, and they were challenged by the religious leaders, hey, back down. I wonder what would have happened to all these new believers if they would have backed down. I wonder if they would have still believed. Oh my goodness, there is power when you stand firm in Jesus Christ. People see your boldness. And then Jesus uses that boldness to either help them stop from going down a bad path or actually bringing them 
into right relationship with Jesus Christ. In August of 2002, I'm in a house in Houston with six guys after a long day of negotiation. We're having a fine meal. And then the guy that hired me brings in a stripper. And she looked sweet. In years past, I may have stayed to watch, but not touch. You see, I never was a person that drank and engaged in that kind of nonsense. But I was more than happy to sit there and watch people make fools out of themselves with alcohol and do some stupid stuff with women. Oh, I could laugh at that. But I was a changed man by that point in time. I was a follower of Jesus Christ. And so I said, man, you know, guys, I know you're all married, so am I. But I actually have a wife that I, that I love. And they're like, please get him out of here, right? They don't want to feel guilty. So I was going to call a cab. But then someone in that group, one of the six, said, you know, hey, Dave, can I drive you back to the hotel? What did I just do by taking a stand? I gave that person an out. I gave that person an out. God used me so that he could exit the nonsense as well. Stand taking helps other people not go down bad paths. Are you guys, are you guys following me this morning? Peter and John stood firm in their faith and the numbers grew by 5,000. Powerful things happen when we stand firm in our faith. When we stand firm in our faith, Jesus will use our faithfulness to do immeasurably more than what we could ever ask for or ever dream of. Jesus just uses us to change the world. Our courage will encourage others and point people in Jesus' direction. And when we take a stand and we pray... Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is unleashed upon us and crazy things happen. Listen to what we're told in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And this is after Peter and John came back to their community faith and told them what was happening. And they began to pray. And it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then get this, and spoke the word of God boldly. When we stand firm and when we pray, the power of a Holy Spirit is released upon us in powerful ways. And then this is what happens in community of faith, which then, which then the world sees and says, hey, I want to be a part of that. Listen to what happens. It says in verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great, great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there was no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had a need. Like in the community of faith, no one goes without. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And that dictates how I live. If you're cold, Matt, I'm going to give you a coat. That's what a follower of Jesus Christ does. Are you, are you guys following me this morning? Man, when we stand firm in Jesus Christ and when we pray, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do things that we never thought we could do. And then Jesus, Jesus builds his church on people who stand together. You can't tell me that my brothers and sisters in Christ in Seattle, 3,000 of them, when they're doing this peace and prayer march two Saturdays ago, you can't help but tell me people were asking them, hey, what's up with you? 
God builds his church on people who will stand together, who will pray together, who will be filled by the Holy Spirit together. Jesus built the early church on that, and Jesus continues to build the church today. So are you willing to take a stand for your faith and testify to the transforming power of Jesus Christ? Are you with me this morning? What say you? When I was a lawyer, I'm going to end on this thought. When I was a lawyer, I was asking a lot of questions of meaning and purpose because the money and the power and the prestige was not providing me with the peace that my heart so craved. And I was miserable, so many sleepless nights. And as I was thinking, yeah, God, you're moving me in your direction. I want to follow you, but man, God, can you just wait until I make enough money so I can provide for myself for the rest of my life, and then I'll follow you, then I'll go all in. And as I pondered that logic, it became nonsensical to me. So basically what I'm telling God is, hey God, when, 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 when I can provide for me, then I'll follow you. When I have enough, then I'll follow you. Instead of just trusting that God would provide everything I need. It was like I had to be my own God before I could make God my God, and then would God really be my God? Does that even make sense, what I'm saying? And when God just knocked some sense, some godly sense into me, I just could not help but fall on my knees and begin to weep and say, what am I doing, God? You got me, I'm all in. And so I want to give anybody here this morning that's watching online or sitting here the opportunity to go all in to actually become a follower of Jesus Christ. I was a church attendee for a long time. And so I want to give you that opportunity. If you're watching online and you've just been going through the mode, just coming because, I don't know, your spouse or your mommy or your daddy said you got to come and whatever, and you actually want to live this life of peace, of love, of joy, of kindness, of gentleness, of self-control, Oh my goodness, it is a beautiful life. If you want to become a follower of Jesus Christ, then let's make today be the day. And so what I want you to do, if that's what you want, I want you to get out your phone. Just everybody get out your phone. Everybody in the house, everybody that's watching online, just get out your phone because I'm going to do a couple things. I don't want that social media post just yet. But here's what I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to send me an email to info at hillchurch.com. And just simply say this, Pastor Dave, I'm all in. And then I want to follow up with you. Test me on that. I want to follow up with you. And then I want to journey with you. Not just me, but this whole community faith, our whole pastoral team. So if today's the day, say, hey, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Info at hillchurch.com. Pastor Dave, I'm all in. That's all you need to say. Let's pray this morning on that fact. And this is all you need to do. God. Forgive me for my nonsense. Mm. God, please transform me. <laughs> and then God, please use me 
to bring your love and your peace and your joy and your kindness and your gentleness to every single person that you put in my sphere of influence. In Jesus' name I pray and ask, amen. And then, after you become a follower, because you really can't do this until you become a follower, then let's do some stand taking. At work, stand firm in your faith in school, in whatever university, workplace, whatever you're, whatever you're doing, in, in, your, in your trade training, stand firm in faith in Jesus Christ. In your family, stand firm in your faith in Jesus Christ. In your social groups, stand firm in Jesus Christ. When things are getting crazy in life, when you're facing opposition, when all hell is breaking loose, stand firm in Jesus Christ and then let the Holy Spirit empower you to say no to sin and yes to God in all things and then just watch. Watch how God uses you to bring more and more people into this wonderful, wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want to leave you with this ask this morning. Will you get out your phones? Yeah, now you can put that slide up. And I want you to get on your favorite social media. Now, I learned something. You guys may laugh at this, but I learned something that if I go to Instagram and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a picture, I, you know, you can pick a picture on Instagram, right? So if you go on Instagram, you hit that plus sign, you can go and you can find a picture. I'm going to find a picture here. And then I'm going to type, I'm going to type these words. I'm going to type these words I have to hit next a couple times there. Yeah, so I say, I am, everyone type with me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, I want you on your phone right now on social media taking a stand. I am a follower. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Whoops. And that dictates how I live exclamation point if you so choose and then I hit the okay button and then what's really cool is like I can put like on Facebook and Twitter so I don't have to do this a couple times I can put those things over and it goes to every you guys may have known that but I'm learning right and then and then you hit share so so everybody out there this morning I want you to say I am a follower of Jesus Christ and that dictates how I live whoops in every situation I forgot that in every situation. Whoops. Situation. Yeah. Exclamation point. I want to throw another one in there. Exclamation point. Okay. And then hit okay. I want everyone to know if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And guess what? People are going to start watching you. I want you to take some stand taking in this, in this season of unrest in our country. I want Christians to be on the forefront of justice, right? Don't you? I want Christians to be setting the tone of peace and love and sacrifice. We as Christians, guess what? When you say hateful things to us, we'll take the blow. That's Jesus' kind of forgiveness. We won't retaliate. We're just going to love you back because that's what Jesus does. Will you stand with me this morning? Will that be your testimony? Will you never forget who you were and who you are now? I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't have to say anything more. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and that dictates how I live in every single situation. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask, amen. Come on, sing this song with me.